It is Victory Monday, September 19th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy who, along with Pete Prisco and Tony Maselli, locked the Jaguars victory again. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. Oh, wow. J.P. Shadrick. Uh, welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Victory Monday, and we have a busy program as always. Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Baselli has arrived. Pete Prisco is also here. The Jaguars shut out the Colts 24-0, the seventh shutout win in franchise history. Three of those against Indy now. We'll get some Fanatics fan questions. There were plenty of those on Twitter today. And we'll go around the National Football League. Let's start off with Doug Peterson today. A full team victory, but the defense certainly brought the heat with a shutout. Again, it's, it does come down to the players, you know, being in the right positions. And, and that's a credit to, to Mike and the staff on defense for, again, you know, coaching them up last week and what they asked them, the players to do. And um, they felt comfortable and, and just, you know, uh, it, it's like on offense. I mean, you know, when, when you're having success, every, every seems like everything works, right? And, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, overall, I thought Mike did a nice job putting that plan together. We welcome in Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. Good afternoon. How Good afternoon. How are we feeling today, Pete? Well, I mean, we lo- we had a double lock for the first it was time. Double ever lock, came Pete. Yeah. I mean, the I, the double lock is undefeated. I think I'm surprised we didn't get any credit in the press conference that we started <laughs> the, all the momentum of the week with the double lock. That was my best bet of the week uh, on our shows here, and uh, I just lo- I love the game all week. I and and Tony, remember I told you how bad that Colts offensive line was? They're bad. Well, and I think I, I'd like an apology um, because I said uh, last week that um, when we did the power rankings that the Jags were number one in the power That's rankings. That's true. You got heckled you for it. And you I got did. heckled, and they are the best team in this division right now. Hmm. Right now Don't look are. at me. I wasn't the one doing the heckling. Why are you staring at me, Why? Because I, Pete, I can't see Pete on the screen right now, so I can't, <laughs> oh, yell, yeah. I can't yell at him directly. Just like look, I, I heckled you, but you were right. you're right. Right now they're the best team in, they're the, best team in, the, in, the, in the division. There's no and, doubt right now. And I haven't now, seen – We, seen we the might top. think differently when they go to the Chargers this week, but that's a whole other story. Well, no, but set that aside because we'll talk plenty about the Chargers, and i got some thoughts on that um, that I'm sure Pete will lose his mind over. Oh, um, really? Is – Pete, I have seen the Texans on tape. I've seen the Colts on tape and live. I have not seen the Titans on tape yet. I'll watch them live tonight, uh, Monday Night Football. But of the Colts and the Texans, the Jaguars are a better team. Like, and the Jags have beat – we beat the Colts, you know, here since 2014. But several times after the game, even if we won – I did not think we were the better team. I think we just kind of fluked into we it. We found a way to win. Happens. You know, you just kind of, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. I felt like after yesterday's game and at every point during the game that the Jaguars were the better team. They have more talent. Like they, they're the better franchise right now when it comes to playing football on the field. And I'm talking 2022. I forget about, you know, 2021 in the past. But they're the better team, and watching tape of the Texans, I feel the same way. And, you know, the Titans, who knows what they are right now? We don't know. We'll know a little bit more about them tonight, like you said. But 
I mean, look, if they play the way they played Sunday, they're they're the best team. In fairness to the Colts, the Colts banged up. I mean, they don't they didn't have anybody outside the passing game. Okay, Pete. Uh, if Pete, if Pittman and the rookie are there, not, the game's not different. It's no, but and Leonard wasn't there. I mean, that matters, doesn't it? Sure. But yeah, right. The Jaguars still win the game. They just don't shut them out or win by um, twenty-four. Uh, you know, uh, they yeah. win by ten. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm not even talking about the, the score. I'm talking about watching the tape, watching him live, looking at the rosters, looking to build. The Jags are the better team right now. So, are you saying they're going to the postseason? I'm not ready to lock that. Yeah. <laughs> Premature for a lock. Okay. Lock it up. But I did lock say I said this team. I said this team before the season would win seven to nine games. Um, I might be going north of that. Oh, you're moving. You're moving it now. Maybe I'm going to stay there right now. I don't want to get. You know, is that because get the division too... is worse than you think it was, thought it was going to be? What'd you say? Is that because you think the division is worse than you thought it was going to yes, be? Yes, that's a big part of it, Pete. I thought the Colts were better than they are. Their lack of speed outside is, like, remarkable, and the mm. right side of that offensive line is not very good. Mm. Mm. Like, and Matt Ryan cannot move no. to save his life. No. There was one, one of those no. sacks he just fell down because he knew it wasn't gonna, so he wouldn't get hit. No. Pinter, the right guard, is bad. Braden Smith, the right tackle, I told you last week, he's playing really bad. And – the left tackle wasn't very good either. They rotated the rookie in there at one point. Well, and let me tell you what. Roy and Robinson. Quentin Nelson wasn't great either. Roy Robinson Harris got after Quentin Nelson. I watched I mean, the tape got today. After him. Oh, my God. He, I, there was one play. He turtled him. Pete. Really? He, I mean, he physically got after Quentin Nelson. Wow. Yeah, he turtled him. It was amazing. And that doesn't happen to Quentin Nelson. It did in that game. Roy Robertson Harris, it seemed every time he lined up on him, he blasted him. He didn't like it. You could tell, Tony, he didn't like it one bit. No. Well, uh, that's what happens when you come into TIA Bank Field. By, by, sorry, JP, but Ryan Kelly got beat a bunch of different times by Fotokasi, too. On the, oh, yeah, no, but, I mean, Robertson Harris – Robertson Ro Harris. Robertson Harris. Yes. What's that? What I say? But you said Robinson. Said. No, Robertson. Okay. Robertson Harris. Yeah, making sure. And um, Fadakasi, and our big five-two in the middle, Hamilton. I mean, they dominated the interior three. Yeah, the only long run was because uh, Devin Lloyd took a bad run fit. Yeah, I mean that's gonna happen. That's a good back now. <laughs> I mean, that's a good bet. Right. If that's the only thing that happens that day. Yeah, okay. I mean, it was, that's Pretty a good. good. I was like, I was holding my breath that first half. I'm like, please do not let this guy get going. The Colts had 54 rushing yards. Yeah. as a team. If you get, if you let him get going, yeah. though, it can be, it can be ugly. But no I guess the bigger takeaway to me, Pete, and I actually felt this way. I mean, I got criticized last week because I was being too positive after the the loss to the Commanders. Because, I mean, looking at the big picture, I mean, like there was a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of bad stuff, too. And there's still – and we'll we'll talk about because I want to talk about Let's have an honest look at this – at that game because there's still stuff that needs to be cleaned up on both sides of the ball, especially offensively. They could not run the ball yesterday. Right. At all. Um, 
they stuck with it. They had a good game plan, but the Colts did a good job. I mean, they shut down the run. They shut down James Robinson outside that one 37-yarder. I think he had 50 or 60 yards beside the 37-yarder, mm-hmm. under three yards of carry. I have a few – after watching the tape, I have my reasons on why the run game didn't work. Well, I got some th- thoughts. I'm sure they wow. might be similar. Wow. Um, but this is a – this team is further along than I thought they would be at this point. It should be 2-0. and They really should, should be. should be, yes. I mean, they played poorly against the Commanders. And, and they por- played poorly to the sense in the sense of things that average NFL players do, they didn't do. No, and they, they should be it. 2-0. and I don't think there's any doubt. If they played like they did against the Colts, they'd be, easily be 2-0. and Oh, easy. I mean, and so, I, I, I for the first time, in a long time, I'm excited to go play the, the Chargers. Whoa! Watch oh what you're asking for. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying they're going to win, Pete. I will not. I, I, I don't. I mean, I'm not the history saying, of the West Coast isn't very good for that franchise. It's terrible. I'm not <laughs> saying that. I think what Doug is doing and his approach and his message to this team is the past does not matter. We're looking forward. Future. It's, we're future focused. It's the next day. It's the next practice. It's the next game. It doesn't matter how bad this franchise has been the last decade. It doesn't matter what happened last year. It doesn't matter about, you know, having back-to-back number one overall picks and being, you know, as bad as you can be on the football field. And I think these guys believe it. I think these guys are like, hey, nothing matters that happened. And I'm looking forward to hearing about the approach that Doug takes this week Knowing this franchise, and my guess is he's just going to say it's not an issue. Who cares what happened? And when I are think they going, I, when are they going out? They're going out Saturday, Saturday. Pete, which I love. Normal I love Saturday. Just like, hey, this is a business trip. We're showing up Saturday right. playing football right. Sunday. We're going home. I always thought that, that I would have gone out on Saturday the day before. Why go I love out on it. Friday? You make it more of a problem. You make more logistical issues for yourself. I agree with you 100%. And I, I, think, I, think, I think Sunday – at SoFi against the Chargers is going to be a hell of a football game. Whoa, you where building. are we going with this? You keep building. I'm telling you, you keep, I think it's going to be a hell. I think hell. we're going to have them lock it by the end of the, end of the show. setting a foundation. I and I can promise it. you it's not going to be a double lock. It, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And I think post the game on Sunday, mm-hmm. People outside of the very close group that believes in this team are going to be talking about this is a different Jaguars football team. A big reason for that would be the play of the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, of course. If he continues to play well, that would make that come true. He did yesterday, 25 of 30. He had two drops in the game. He was efficient, took what the Colts gave him. They weren't going to throw it deep down the field a lot. That's not what they give up. They took what was there and completed a bunch of footballs for not a lot of yardage, but chunked down the field. I mean, they had a 15-play drive on their first possession, nine minutes. They had another one that was long in the second half for another touchdown, and they just kind of chipped away as the day went along. Yeah, I mean, I really saw him make one mistake. The ball should have been intercepted. Um, He tried to take a shot down the right side. He underthrew it a little bit and allowed the safety to make a play. If if you're gonna throw that ball, you have to throw it out in front and let the guy, our only our guy, go get it and make a great catch if he's gonna get it. 
um, because of the coverage. That was really the only ball that I said, you know, it was a bad decision. Outside of that, I thought he was outstanding. The ball that was dropped by Agnew in the, in the end zone yes. was a hell of a throw. Yes. It's an amazing throw because he kind of flicked it by jumping forward. Well, you just see how strong his arm is, Pete, with that. Oh, my God. Because he has no base. He's stepping up. He sees it. He try, I mean, he sees it as he's stepping up and just the flick of the wrist. And it's right on the numbers. Yeah, that and, has to be caught. Oh, that's a touchdown. Yeah. And so, um, and I like, and I think what Doug did, and, and probably is a product of the defense, what they're going to give him, I think the short passing game early, and Bucky Brooks said this on the air, and I thought it was so well said, it's like a shooter in the NBA. You know, if a shooter's struggling, a good shooter's struggling, go get him a couple layups early. And so he sees the ball going in, and then all of a sudden the, ball, the basket looks huge. And it felt like yesterday, like some just like nice, just rhythm on time. He was making quick decisions, and then he just got more and more confident as the game went on. With that said, and they didn't they didn't get him outside the pocket as as much either, which I think was a, a smart. I, I like him standing in there. He's a big, tall kid, you know. Let him play in there. Once in a while, it's okay to get him out in the boot. And he made the one throw on the scramble to Kirk, oh, which I thought was a great yeah, throw, big time. Left, yeah. Um, but I like him in there. You know, I get it. He can move, and it's great to, you know, once in a while. But I thought in the first game they got him on the move too much. I thought in this game, Tony, they kept him there a lot more, and I think that was better for him. He did, and, and I'll tell you, maybe my one of the best throws I saw him make all day was the first throw of the game on the third down conversion to Marvin Jones because Marvin Jones was not open. He threw him open. He threw him to the inside, and Marvin Jones had a great catch. But it was just a pinpoint. The only place that ball could be caught. Is where he put it. I mean, I mean he I, is. You could tell he felt like a quarterback on Sunday, standing in there, going to his progressions. I'll take this little short pass. I'll take the check down. I won't have to fire a shot down the field with double coverage like he did that one time. You said you made a mention there was double on that one play, and he threw it anyways. He didn't have anybody else. Usually, I look on those tapes to see if there's anybody else open on a play like that. There wasn't, but he shouldn't have thrown it. He got away with it, but still, he was patient confident stood in the pocket stood tall in the pocket and and fired the ball I, I thought it was I mean to me yeah it wasn't the Justin Herbert even though he doesn't throw the ball down the field either by the way but um there wasn't you know the big shots down the field it was just a patient quarterback who looks like he felt comfortable and was growing up right before our eyes Plenty more ahead on the offense and Trevor Lawrence's day a little bit later Christian Kirk had another nice day at the office couple of touchdowns we'll get into that we'll hear from him coming up a little bit later also and the quarterback trevor lawrence we're on 1010xl am jaguars.com jaguar social media twitter facebook and youtube you can catch us on twitter as well at jp shadrick at tony baselli at prisco cbs we are off and running it is jaguars happy hour on a monday presented by jet home loans on the jaguars digital network Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville Sports Fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, definitely. That's something Coach Harps on every week. Uh, turnovers, getting the ball out. I mean, really every day at practice. Um, so, you know, when it's on our mind, the opportunities are in the air. We got to take advantage of them. 
That's Devin Lloyd, first-round linebacker. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour on Victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, Pete Prisco. And for nine years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jags. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory. And go Jags. Welcome back. All right, defense. Well, a little bit later, get back to the offense. Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, hey, Evan hey, Ingram. You guys know we're only one game out of the number one seed in the AFC? One game oh out. <laughs> oh one game God. out. What's He's the magic so number? Away. Hey, wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. I've, we buried the lead already today. You know, look, the game was great and all. It really was. It was a fantastic. It was fun to watch. They dominated and everything else. And I'm sure the town feels really good. But I'm watching the game on Sunday in our this green coming. room. I knew this was coming. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this giant gold thing shows up on my screen. I'm like, what the hell? He wears his gold jacket everywhere. What are you doing? Why did? Uh, first off, why did you have your gold jacket with you? Because CBS asked me, your company that you work for, <laughs> Asked me if I'd come on during the top of the second quarter and if I'd bring my gold jacket when I came on. So that is the first time I've pulled the gold jacket out of my closet and put it on since Canton. So I don't want to hear it, Pete. The last time I had the gold jacket on, you saw me. <laughs> I think I think he probably walked through the crowd in his gold jacket. He wore it into the stadium. Joe Fortunato can, can confirm that I brought it in a, ba- a discreet bag so no one could see what I was carrying. You set up a little. You set up a little booth outside. Yeah, hundred dollars. Autographs for five hundred a piece. They used to be one hundred. Oh, yeah, now five hundred slash the hundred inflation. Five hundred now. You're hilarious. Wow. God bless you. That was good though, right? I mean, they 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 wanted you on there. So what? So Loggeman was probably happy he got to do the first part of that quarter without you. More time for logs. <laughs> The, ba- the lead that we buried is we talked about the offense. We didn't even talk about the amazing performance by the defense. Hey, shut them out. Seventh shutout win in Jags history. Third against the Colts. They stopped the run. They pressured Matt Ryan. 11 quarterback hits, five sacks, three interceptions. Josh Allen had a big day uh, with three tackles, two sacks, a forced fumble. Uh, Rayshon Jenkins, Devin Lloyd, Andre Sisco had the interceptions, and uh, it was a full team beat down well two things i want to highlight one you talk about Rayshon jenkins he it was probably one of the best games he's played uh, as a jaguar he had four pass breakups i think that's beat for a long play though uh he got double moved but he was still so good pete like in the blitz in the run game he was physical had the pick four pass breakups i mean i think he only had four pass breakups all last year if i'm not mistaken if i got my numbers right um I thought he was outstanding. And then Josh Allen, you talk about the sacks. Forget the sacks for a second. Josh Allen had two early plays on in the run game that were so physical, and I felt like really set the tone. I mean, just he, I agree. The, you know, they were trying to run a, a counter, kick him out with a guard. He took the guard and just shoved him in the backfield and made the tackle twice. It's like, yeah, I would – like the message sent to the sideline, Frank Wright calling plays, is don't run that again at Josh Allen because it's not going to work. And I, you know, I just thought he, he was physical and was really nice. I, th- I thought he was outstanding. Tony, and Walker made a couple plays in a run game like that, too, where he crashed down on a oh, guy. Oh, yeah, he's, and, and he's very physical as well, both of them. I thought both of I thought the defensive front, like, usually, you know, your linebackers are making a bunch of plays. That's what they're on the field to do. 
the ball couldn't even get to him because the, 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 the front three plus those two outside backers were just crushing the offensive line and tight ends of the Colts. And they, I think they had heard all week about the, the running game and Taylor and just wanted to make it a point. To, they to made a even, point. Not even have yeah. an issue. I did think that um, both inside linebackers played better than they did a they week did. ago. Agreed. Yeah. They were, they were much – and you could tell Devin Lloyd starting to feel it a little bit. He's starting to feel it. You know, missing camp hurt him. You could tell. But last week he was off a little bit. Not this week. He was – you know, look, the 11 tackles last week against six this week, he was much better this week. Much better. He was good in the pass game too. Three pass uh, breakups. He can run. You know, Tony, he can run. He can fly to the ball. I like they brought him off the edge when they want that one package where they lined him up as a pass rush on the right side and put the other guys on the inside and rushed them with a bunch of guys. He was creative. And you know what else, Tony? You'll know this because you watch the tape. They, the Colts had no answer for their twists and stunts up front at all. Zero. No, no it was uh, – it's not a fun day in the film room in Indianapolis. Watching no. that right there, no. woo! No. That's not fun. No. Uh, by the way, uh, Rayshon Jenkins had three passes defense last season as a whole. He yeah, had four, he had four yesterday. Four yesterday. That's he was remarkable. Good. I mean, he was so good yesterday. Remarkable. The, he, the he, big he, fellow they signed in free agency on the nose, though, man, on a defensive tackle. That's a good player. He's a good. He, he's Fadakasi. Yeah. Oh, he's good. He's dominant. He led I mean, he the took, one interception. He, he tipped it. The one that Devin yeah, got in a it. couple of plays, he just took this guard, the center, and just pushed him back, and that's a good, that's a pretty good center. I mean, he just he, he was good in there. And you're right, Hamilton doesn't get because Hamilton doesn't flash like those guys do, but he's he held up at the point all day. But I'm telling you, Pete, the thing that dropped off, jumped off is Robert uh, Robertson Smith. His uh, yeah. Robertson Smith. No, Harris. Roy Robertson Smith. Harris. Why did I say Smith? Robertson I don't Harris. know. <laughs> because it has to be one of those per day. Yeah, well, Robertson you Harris. you got to get one of them. Roy. Um, <laughs> his physical dominance. Was, it jumped off on the film, Pete, when I watched it. I just sat there and I was just like, holy cow. Me too. I, in fact, I had one. I, I, I videotaped it. I was going to send it out on Twitter and say, this doesn't happen to Quentin Nelson that often. And it happened to him. I mean, it was just... It, 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 he just – it seemed like every single play he was in his face. And they played on that side of the line all day. They really did. Not, not – you know, all of them. They were on that side of the line the entire day. It's a bit, I mean, the Colts have issues now. Don't, don't get me wrong, but they dominated that offensive line. Well, the Colts have major issues, and the Colts have to go to Kansas City next week. They're mm-hmm. looking at – No, Kansas City goes Kansas there. Kansas City has to go to Indianapolis. I don't think it matters. They're, they're looking at 0-2-1. and one, They right can play in at face. Abu Dhabi if they want. And should be 0-3 because they shouldn't have tied the Texans. Well, you could argue when they got into, into overtime, they should have won the game if they make, could make a field goal. Well, but they, should have, they were down 17. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's not a good team, and, and um, they have issues. And, you know, for all the talk about Chris Ballard and the Colts, what if they won? Anything? Nothing. No. They have not. And they're, that's not a better team than the one they had last year. No, it's not. The quarterback's probably better, although he didn't look like it yesterday. Mm. He got he looked like he got real old real fast, mm-hmm. Pete. Boy, they beat the day. They hit him a bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 Even I, I on the he, plays where he wasn't getting sacked, he was getting yeah. guys in his face on every play. I think he aged yesterday about 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. So did, the, so did Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, by the way. 
And if that defense, I mean, if they played with that physicality, and this, I mean, that's, you know, looking at next week, because I did the uh, Chiefs-Chargers game. If they're physical like that against that Charger offensive line, it's going to be a really fun game. Mm-hmm. Now, the left tackle for the Chargers is an absolute stud. But Filer's playing bad. Oh, you know, that's and, my point. Filer. Right. Uh, and the right tackle isn't good. And Zion Johnson's a rookie. Pipkins is uh, the right tackle. They look like they went to Storm Norton at some point. Either whoever plays there isn't good. Neither one. Um, yeah. And Filer was terrible. In the first two games, Filer's been awful. Filer struggled. And uh, Zion Johnson, he struggled a little bit. Uh, in, in the first week. Yeah. Well, even last week, I mean, he played okay, but he was playing blocking against Chris Jones, so that's never easy. Pete, he's building to a lock. I can feel it. The, the no, but my I, point, you know what? I'm there not, are but, reasons to, to think yeah. Jacksonville could hang around in that game, and, and that defense being one of them. I worry about the outside. I worry about, like, can Shaq Griffin hold up? That's my. That's one of my concerns. Well, they don't. I mean, if you look at the Chargers, Pete, outside, they don't. They're not burners. I mean, Mike no. Williams isn't a burner. Keenan Allen, if he's healthy, he's coming off a hamstring. He's not a burner. No. So it's not like they have somebody you're like, oh, my goodness, this guy's just going to fly by me. And and the way they play offense keeps teams in – I don't understand what they do with that kid. I, I just don't. I think the design of their offense is awful. And remember, Lombardi was in Detroit with Stafford, and there was some concern that he held him back from driving the ball down the field. They should be able to – that guy should be taking big hits down the field all the time, and he doesn't. Don't you think they're like a little dink and dunk offense? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know about dink and dunk. I mean, uh, some of the over the over routes that he hit in the uh, Raiders game were pretty impressive. But like against the Chiefs, he didn't throw deep down the field enough. I didn't think. I think there no, were opportunities th- there. That's fair. But I'm going back. I want to go. Back. Pete, you're right. But back to our defense, because the Chargers struggle to run the ball. First two weeks have been terrible. And they have, I don't think they've played at front as physical as ours. Now, the Chiefs are talented with Chris Jones. He might be the one of the, you know, besides Aaron Donald, the second best defensive tackle in football. But um, that physicality will, will travel. Physical football in the NFL travels. And if you can show up and you can put that kind of effort week in and week out, it's, if Robertson Harris can do that, and Fadakasi can continue to play at the level he's playing, and the physicality of those two outside backers. I mean, that's a lot to deal with as an offense because you know you're in for a fist fight. You know you're in for an all-out war. And you do that, you put that on the tape week in and week out, you'll get people's attention. It's the basic formula. Stop the run and turn your pass rushers loose. I mean, it's, it's the it's as old as anything. I, you know, the game has changed and evolved. But if you stop the run and you can get guys up the field and rush the pass or whatever way you do it, you're probably going to have success on defense. And that's that's what they did Sunday. When we return, we will flip it back to offense and hear from the quarterback Trevor Lawrence after his great day of work against the Colts. Check out the official Jaguars podcast network. It's free on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Leave us a comment, of course, and a five-star rating. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. It was our plan. Uh, Just the way 
the defense, they run the structure. They try to take away shots. They play soft. They'll give you things underneath. They, they just make you be patient for the whole game. And um, a lot of teams get impatient, try to start forcing throws downfield. And really, we did a good job of sticking to our plan. That was, that was what we planned on doing. And uh, we executed it really well. The guys did a great job. After the catch, um, and Christian was awesome, and some of the other guys too. Evan had some, some great plays. Um, so really that was a plan, and it's cool being able to just execute the plan that you have all week and to do it to a T, so it was great. Plan the work, work the plan. Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback after a win in week two over the Colts, and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour on Victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick with Hall of Famer Tony Baselli and senior writer CBS Sports Pete Briscoe. All right, so his number is 25 of 30, 235, two touchdown passes. Both of those go to Christian Kirk in the game yesterday. And Kirk had six targets. He caught all of them for 78 yards. He's now fourth in the league in receiving yardage, by the way. How about that? Through two weeks, Christian Kirk. So uh, a new option for, uh, of course, Trevor Lawrence this year, Evan Ingram. Uh, made some nice plays in the game. Seven catches for 46 yards. He caught a couple short of the sticks on third down. Broke tackles to get across the line to to move the chain and, and keep it going. Yeah, I thought Evan Ingram's start there was critical. He had some big catches um, that moved the chains on third down. And that's what you want from your tight end. Um, and I think he's going to get more and more involved in this passing game. Because I think there's opportunities that – and, I, and Doug's as good as anybody doing this, where he, you can get him down the field because of his speed. I mean, I thought it was very interesting. Yesterday, the Colts matched up with him with Stephon Gilmore. They treated him as a wide receiver because they know he can run. And, uh, and I think there's some things you can do with him out of the backfield. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they continue to incorporate him because he was, a, he was an important weapon yesterday uh, when they needed to move the, move the chains. I mean, here's one that I think is fantastic because I, in talking to him before the season, I could tell Christian Kirk was agitated by all the talk leading into the season about how he's, oh, my God, how dare they pay him that kind of money. And, and you know, how when I, we talked about it, I always said, you pay guys on the way up, not on the way down. And I think Jacksonville got that one right. I thought that all along. I knew people in there, you know, Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach in Arizona. I've known him for years, and he raved about Christian Kirk. And you watch the tape, and you can see he was a productive player. And I think after two weeks, he's one of those guys that's showing everybody, hey, look, a lot of you people out there were wrong about me in a big way because I can play. And I think he's been really good for that offense. Let's hear from Christian Kirk after the game yesterday on this topic. Big contract. So far, big results. For me, and the way I look at it is, it doesn't say much because I got to do this for all 17 weeks, and that's my plan. Uh, this is just two weeks. That's my demeanor. I'm here to do this for all 17 weeks and help this team win. And so, if, if me, you know, being productive and you know helping this team getting getting W's and, and putting us in position to make a playoff push, that's all I can ask for. Um, you know, so that's my mentality and that's my attitude for the rest of the year. They've got a connection early, Tony. Uh, he and the quarterback. Yeah, he's good now. He's really good at. He is. What I like about Christian Kirk, I mean, one, you talk to the coaching staff, they rave about him. His work ethic, you know, first one there, extra work, like he's a pro. So check the box there. And you heard it, you, you could hear it in his comments, the way he talks of his, his mindset, which I love. 
And then you go turn on the tape and you watch his ability to understand coverage and to find soft spots. Um, so there's a, he's a smart football player. And then the short area quickness is really impressive. And that's why he's so good out of the slot. But also we've seen him be outside and he can run. He can go get behind people. So I'm with Pete. I mean, I listen, when they, when they signed it, I was like, wow. Paying a lot of money for a guy who had not done it yet. I'm hoping we're betting right. And I think we bet right. And that was coming. I didn't watch I mean, Arizona Cardinal games. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, saw him play once in his life. <laughs> and so, you know, you just kind of go by the numbers and kind of the situation that you knew from afar. But I'm surprised Arizona let him get out. I mean, he's a talented receiver and a young guy. And uh, and based on that, Pete, even you look at, you know, the way he plays, I'm surprised they drafted such a high pick. What was the second rounder and uh, and more last year? When you know you have a young guy like Christian Kirk that, man, you'd be better off, probably be better off just paying him and keep him. I agree. I agree. That was a weird move on their part. Here's what I love about a guy like Chris, and this this speaks volumes to me. This is a number that always speaks volumes to me. He's gone from, and it's only the first two games, but it's a good barometer so far. He averaged 12.8 last year per catch. He's averaging 16.2 this year. And I don't think we've really seen the best of his ability to get down the field yet in terms of catching a deep ball. I mean, he's just turning little passes into big plays, and I think that's a good thing. That's a good sign. Um, you know, he's tied for second in the league with 20 plus catches. He's got four of them. That's pretty, you think about all the Tyree kill and all these guys yeah. in the league, he's tied right. for Cooper cup. He's tied for second with four. That's, well, Pete, I that like shows what you said. he's been a big play guy. I like your philosophy. And we, you've said it before on the show and I, I agree with it is you want to pay guys on the way up. And I think of the three weapons they got. That's what they've done. They paid Christian Kirk the big dollars, so they bet a lot that he could be the guy, which so far, early returns, check that box. They paid Zay Jones, who was the fourth or fifth receiver in uh, Las Vegas, and he is now the second or third. I mean, him and Marvin Jones are kind of interchangeable, and he's a guy. He's kind of leveled off a little bit, hasn't he, from the preseason, Zay Jones? I disagree. You watch him, Pete, watch him run routes. The first, oh, I, mean, I like him, but, but I mean, enough. I mean, what, what do you have three yesterday? catches yesterday? Yeah. Three targets. He had four targets, three catches. Yeah, twenty-three yeah. yards. You know. Yeah, that's I mean, got to be more like six for fifty-five. No, I get that, but you watch what they ask him to do, and the you know that crossing route on the fourth down. He you you see the speed and his ability yeah. to turn the corner and go pick it up because he caught that short of the sticks. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm 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 just saying he. The hype in the preseason was more than what three catches in a game would be. Well, That's part of that, I mean, part of that because he was playing almost like the number one guy with no Christian Kirk. So he's getting more targets. Right. Um, and, then, uh, and then early returns on Evan Ingram. You paid him on a prove-it deal, and he's still a young guy, year five. How about his blocking? <laughs> Pete, he's, will he's a willing blocker. He tries. Hey, I saw Yannick and Gakwe Ole him one time on one of those 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 blocks down. Did you see? Did you watch that play? Well, I, I remember the one. It wasn't a true Ole, but he he went to crack him back, and Yannick got out of the way and ran he right got out of the way. It. Yeah, and he had a couple other. He had a couple decent blocks. 
Yeah, I mean, he works at it. He work, He tries. Don't get me wrong. Well, he I mean, tries. And I'm not comparing him to Travis Kelsey, but Pete, you turn on the tape and watch Travis Kelsey block? No, he doesn't block that well either. <laughs> but, I mean, tell me a pass-catching tight end who does block Kelsey's well. Kelsey's a better blocker than Ingram is. I'm not saying that, but tell me a pass-catching tight end who blocks well, and the only one right now in the league is George Kittle. Right. And it and used he, to be he doesn't stay on the field. He doesn't stay on the field. And he, yeah, Kittle's hurt. I mean, yeah, because Waller doesn't block. No, I mean, if you're gonna have, if you're gonna be a pass catching tight end, you don't have to be a dominant blocker. You have to be a willing blocker. Go get a stalemate. Go stick your head in there. And what I've seen from Evan Ingram, he is willing to stick his face mask in there. Yeah, he's not afraid. No, and and he made a couple of those plays on Sunday where he, you know, got extra yards. I mean, that, he, and he, you're right, Tony. They can run him on uh, against DBs, and he can still win. That's, I think that that's something they got to keep an eye on for the future. They might need to keep him around. Yeah, it's a one-year deal for him, and it's off to a really good start in that uh, one-year deal. It won't be a one-year deal if he catches 60, 70 balls. Right. <laughs> well, how many has he got right now? He's got 11 on 12 targets. Yeah, if he, that, you're, on, <laughs> you're on base for set, what, 65, 70? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Pretty good start so far. Let's come back in a moment. We'll take a look at the AFC South. You might have teased your power rankings. Oh, it's a come on. We might want to talk about power rankings for the entire AFC because we're in the top five right now. Oh, oh wow. Pete, listen to him. Oh, my gosh. He's, he's lost his mind over there. <laughs> if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jags. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Mike Dempsey and Fat Tony, Jaguars today, all Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. Ten to noon weekdays on Ten Ten XL. I want to get a, a big congrats. First win in Jacksonville. That is in the locker room after yesterday's win over the Colts. The team, Marvin Jones Jr., handing the game ball to head coach Doug Peterson. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour on Victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. PRI Productions, the Southeast Full Service Event Company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com and learn more. We take a look outside at the Miller Electric Center. We'll be ready for training camp 2023 if you're watching us, or 2023 rather. If you're watching us on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, uh, there's a live look. The construction continues. The indoor facility is on its way up. The main building uh, continues to go. They're starting the foundation for the grandstand outside, and they're on track. Things are moving up. It changes every single day in the facility will be outstanding. Let's take What's a look. What's the latest on the stadium, by the way? The uh, Jaguars stadium? 
Yeah, have they come up with plans to redo the stadiums yet? I know no, they had some plans. Is it nothing official? Important? Nothing out there yet. No, they're they're in the the process, I believe, of kind evaluation of, process. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a little, little early for that. Build a new one. It, well, I mean, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you get a, a couple billion yeah, dollars to throw in there, Pete. You go to the ATM. <laughs> <laughs> or they could do like Miami did since they copied their facility. They can copy their stadium and just do the exact same thing, like with the roof and all that and everything. They, I, th- I thought they did a good job down at Hard Rock, though. Yep. With the they re- did. With yep. the redesign. Yep. Yeah, they did a real good job. It was a lot cheaper than building a new stadium, too. Right. That's uh, part of the idea, I believe. Uh, let's look around the AFC South. The results in week one, uh, the Broncos over the Texans, 16 16- Nine. Davis Mills struggled, 177 yards, 19 of 38 passing, a Oof. rating in the 60s. Yeah. And then tonight, the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills on Monday Night Football. It's one of two games on Monday night coming off a week one loss. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, <laughs> and the Tennessee Titans head to Western New York to face one of the best teams in the AFC Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Who you got tonight <laughs> in Orchard Park? I got the Bills. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> I don't you know, think it... the Titans have beaten them the last two times, Tony. I know, but I think I just don't see it happening this week, Pete. I don't either. The Buffalo plays at Miami next week in what is now a big game, though. Um, yeah. So, but Buffalo had 12 days off before that game, this game, right? 11 days yeah. off? Yeah, yeah. It's last Thursday, so... Yeah, Buffalo's good. I think Buffalo's the best team in the AFC. All right, I do, so, too. All right, well, let's begin with you power. Want to do the, should we I want to AFC South power rankings and then AFC power rankings. All right, we'll do that. Oh let's start with God. the South. Pete, what do you got? Uh, Jacksonville, one. Wow. Titans, two. Colts, three. Texans, four. I mean... You just want to play the tape from last week, what I said? I said Jags 1, Titans 2, Colts 3, Texans 4. Okay. I think you had the Colts 2 last week. Okay, whatever. Either way, their <laughs> performance uh, dropped them this they week. Dropped them, but I mean. There are the standings if you're watching on Jaguars.com before tonight's game. Um, so, all right, the AFC power rankings. Now, Tony, you um, you gave us a little tease a little while ago that. The this Jags should be good. Could, could be high up in your AFC power rankings. Yeah, right I'm gonna now. go um, AFC power rankings. Buffalo one. Buffalo one. Okay. Kansas City two. Mm-hmm. I guess Miami. Just if they're two and zero, I'll give it to them. No, Chargers are better than Miami. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm a coin flip between the Jags and the and the Chargers. <laughs> Stop it. So I mean, well, I mean, it all comes down to Sunday. The Jags are a division <laughs> leader, so um, I'm going to go Buffalo one, Kansas City two, Chargers three, Jags four, Dolphins five. Wow! 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 <laughs> so if Jacksonville played Cincinnati on a neutral field, you take the Jaguars? Absolutely. You see that offensive line? You think they're going to block our guys? Wouldn't be Joe Burrow would be dead. How about the Ravens? <laughs> Not even close. They can't. The Ravens defense is awful right now. By Ravens the way. defense is awful, and you know what? Our our front seven. Good luck running. You're not going to run against those guys. 
And Denver's not playing well. No, you make you make Lamar, you know. Beat the AFC kind of stinks, doesn't it? After we thought all along that was going to be a dominant conference. Well, we thought the right. Bengals would be better. They're atrocious. We thought we thought the Bengals would be better. We thought the Ravens would be better. We thought New England might be better. Las Vegas was supposed to be good. Las right? Vegas. I mean, but Tony's over. Tony's guilty of what every fan does in America. He's overreaction, dude. Today. No, no. Tell, okay. Two weeks in a row. Huh? Okay, tell me what team. I had I had the um, Jaguars four or five. You want to put the Dolphins in front of them. But who would you put into the top five that I don't have ahead of the Jaguars, Pete? I mean, based on their record, it's hard to put, but it doesn't mean they're not they're not. Okay, based teams. on like okay, like who are you picking if they're playing the Steelers? Who are you picking? Probably pick Jacksonville. Okay, Cleveland. Would you pick them over the Raiders at uh, Las Vegas? I don't know. Neutral field. We'll go neutral field. Yeah. Would you pick them over? I'd yeah, pick I would. Vegas. I would. Right now, yeah, I would. How about you'd pick them over the Bengals on a neutral field? Absolutely, because that offensive line, they're, they're going to – no, Pete, this is why. That offensive line is so bad, they're not going to be able it, to – I know, but you're still, they're still find a way. Give me a team. They're top five. Case closed. So, and you know what? Miami isn't that good either. You don't think? No, I mean, Miami's defense was awful on Sunday. Tua, Tua threw for six touchdowns, like 450 yards. Is he, how did he and look? The, but the guys were wide open. I mean, it was you, – you don't see guys this wide open all the time. Yeah. It, the secondary in Baltimore was all banged up. They had guys, rookies, playing across the board, and they just blew assignments. It was terrible, and they have no pass rush. Baltimore has problems, big problems. I'm telling you right now, I'm bullish on the Jags. It sounds like you know, it. when you look at when you look at Jacksonville though, how many teams can say they have a defense that can dominate up front and a quarterback who can make plays like he can make them? There aren't a lot. The Chargers are good. I mean, because they have that. Because they, they can do it. They have they, passer and a pass rush. Yeah, they have both. If they get the, if you get behind against the Chargers this week, those oh. two are gonna they're gonna have a field day. By the way, we haven't even talked about the offensive line. Well, we can talk about them. And let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start posit on the positive side. Got to hurry though, because I'll take Juwan Taylor against whoever you throw out there for Chargers. Mm. God, he's playing out of wow. his mind. Bro, give wow. me Bosa and Khalil Mack on the same play. I'm taking Juwan Taylor. I like this. We will he's dig into he's this. He's the best tackle team right now. Not not the guy who was in the top ten a week ago. We, <laughs> we will discuss further in the second hour of Jaguars. Happy hour is coming up in just a few moments. We'll take a look at the rest of the National Football League as well. The Fanatics fan questions, Tony's favorite, coming up from Twitter earlier today. The Jaguars win. They shut out the Indianapolis Colts in week two. We'll recap it again when we come back. Second hour of Jaguars happy hour coming up on the Jaguars digital network. it goes back to practice and, and, and the way they practice is the way they play and they expect to practice well so they, they expect to, to play well and, and, and win those games and um, credit the players for, for 
having that mindset, having that attitude, you know, each each week, and um, just shows confidence in, in them and kind of where they are, the maturity of the football team, and um, you know, not every weekend's going to be like that, but but uh, you know, yesterday it was, and and uh, it was it's something uh, I think that the guys can can kind of feed off of. That's head coach Doug Peterson, and welcome back. It is Jaguars happy hour, hour number two on a victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli. The Jaguars knocked off the Indianapolis Colts 24-0. The defense pitched a shutout for the seventh time in franchise history, the third against the Colts for the first time since 2018. That was a 6-0 win against the Colts in that season. Three interceptions. Five sacks, 11 quarterback hits, 11 passes defense for the Jaguars' defense. Well, the Jaguars' offense marched down the field on the Colts. An opening drive of 15 plays, 68 yards in just over nine minutes. Trevor Lawrence had the best rating in his career. He was 25 of 30 for 235 through the air and two touchdown passes to Christian Kirk. And Kirk caught all six targets. He's now fourth in the league in receiving yards. The Jags are 1-1. One one. Their first place in the AFC South. They're top five in the AFC, according to Tony Baselli. And this week, it's off to Los Angeles to face the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Well, right now, they're the number three seed if the playoffs started today. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hold on, Pete, you're off. Pete, you're not on, you're Pete. You're off, Pete. Can't hear you, I can't you, hear Pete. you, Pete. Stop talking. Can't hear you. No can't hear you. There, there you are. are. Got no, you back. You're back. Hey, they'd, be, they'd host a playoff game as, as three seed. Yeah, three seed. Yeah, it's we're in the hunt. You're I, I, can we on the graphic? Can, can we, we start, start the graphic? Yeah, I want graphics started now. In the, <laughs> I'll do it. In playoffs. Playoff seating. Playoff picture. In week three. Come Ash, on, we haven't had this for a while. Ask and you shall receive next week. I like that. Oh, what's Pete's, the West? Pete's what's frozen we gotta again. figure out? You know, you know what we have to figure out is the West Coast record. It's not good. I can tell you that much. Yeah, not ideal. I know they. Pete, only, what do you think? Only the, a couple wins. Well, let's talk about the offensive line first. Yeah, we'll, before we get to the, the yeah, before we get to the Chargers. Let's get to that. Of course, last week, uh, what ten quarterback hits, some sacks given up against Washington. Just didn't have time back there. Well, yesterday he certainly did. No sacks. I think he was hit only twice in the game. Um, and hey, that that's improvement I think on both sides right the line to give him time and then Trevor getting it out a little quicker and, and finding his targets what do you think Tony well yeah the pass blocking was good there's no doubt about that um, not so much on the run blocking only average 2.6 a carry that's not winning football um, and that's with a 37 yarder so that that's the downside um, but if you look at you know giving your quarterback opportunities to operate they did a great job there and in the run game, I, they, they weren't great at the next level. And I think Luke Fortner's struggling a little bit in the middle. He, he With what? Um, staying on guys. Yeah. A number of times his guy on the line of scrimmage is shedding him and making the plays. Um, he's just playing too high. He's standing up too much. And he's not finishing blocks. So that's something he's going to have to get better at because that will come back to – that will hurt us. Um, I thought Bart's played much better. I thought Bart did a good job against Buckner. Um, he, pass protection, he was he was better than he was in the run game. I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, and I thought Jawan Taylor missed some backers. They, they they were trying to run a bunch of traps, and Jawan didn't do a great job getting to the next level a couple times. Just a couple times, um, that hurt things. Um, I still. <sighs> 
Cam was fine. Uh, I still worry about Pete. I mean, he was giving up the ed- an edge a little bit too much a couple times. Yeah, and he wasn't. He was okay. He was fine. He was fine. I just, I, I'm telling you, could, you, you could see if it was a better player against him. He might have had like he does that same stuff next week. He's gonna have problems with it. Yeah. It, so I'm standing by it. I think he is a top ten tackle. He's not playing. Well, he, like he a ain't top, the best tackle on his team right now. He's not playing like a top ten tackle right now. That's my point. Um, I just hold him at a higher standard. And so All right, he, I'm going to go now. I'll go through the the right tackle is in pass protection is playing out of his mind. It's amazing what a threat of taking your job away. That <laughs> and, and a contract, Pete. Contract, contract year, baby. Year. <laughs> contract I mean, year. He's playing out of his mind. The right guard is just a good, physical, tough, good football player. The center, I'm with Tony. And I, Tony, this is what I think it is. Because his contact initially is pretty good. I think in college, and you know this better than me, you can get away with that in college. Because once you block him, you kind of get him out of the play. They're not going to make that play going down the line. I think he's welcome to the NFL moments for him, too. Yeah, I do, too. And it almost looks like it's lazy, but I know he's not a lazy player. I mean, you watch him practice. Right. He's so not, it's so in I his don't head. Wanna... It's like a college thing. Yeah, it's like he doesn't finish. I'm like, dude, he doesn't keep going. Finish. Like, <laughs> the play's not over. Like, you got to, like, that guy gets paid. And he's going to come there was the a, top. I think there was a, a wide run, maybe even, or a screen. I forget what it was on the yeah, left-hand side. He's like jogging. I'm like, go, get on your horse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and Juwan Taylor did it on the other side. He had a chance to get a free shot on a DB and didn't take it. So they're little things. The left guard was better in pass protection. He's still not great in the run game. He was better in pass protection. And Cam was just okay. He should be better than what he is. The talent is too good to be just okay. And so, the te- but and the te- across the board, they were good, though. Yeah, the, but the but you you have to be working in sync. And I I think the tie it wasn't Manhurt's best blocking game as a no, run it was blocker not. either. And he's a really good run blocker typically. Um, and so for the run game to work, you got you need all six of you, five guys, big guys, and the tight end working together in conjunction and staying on blocks. And they're not staying on blocks, and that's why those lanes aren't opening up. And it's not all five guys or the tight end every play. It's a guy, they, they took turns. And the guy who took the most turns was the center, the rookie, Fortner. Yeah, and so yeah. that that needs to get cleaned up because they need to run the ball more. I mean, they need to, they're talented enough with, and with the backs they have, they should be averaging over four yards to carry every game. Yeah, and, and I think that's, like I said, I think that's a byproduct of being new to the NFL and thinking a guy's blocked in college, he's blocked. In the NFL, well, he's not blocked. And, Pete, did you notice on tape sometimes he, like, starts looking around? Like, he's blocked. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, what are you looking for? The, the runner play, just blocked the, the guy. not over. Right. The play isn't over. Keep going. What's going on here? <laughs> and so. Um, You're right. He plays a little high, too. Yeah, too high. Maybe it's something to do with that number 79. They play high when they play center. <laughs> Mr. Wydell played higher than any person in the history of the NFL <laughs> at 6'7 um, as a center. Uh, and, but now the test is coming this week, especially for the tackles. And they got and they got some big guys, and they they actually invested in the offseason. The Chargers did in the defensive yeah. tackle position because they got Austin pushed around. Austin Johnson's a good player for them. Oh, that's right, former Titan. Um, because they got pushed around last year in the run game, and the Chiefs ran the ball pretty good against them. So you should that that's a good tape to watch. But the real test is going to be for the two tackles because Khalil Mack. And Bosa can get after you. 
those are good players. And both tackles we tested, and I agree with you, Pete. If, if Cam doesn't clean up some of his footwork and some of the sets, it's going to be a long day. I imagine that Phil Rauscher, the offensive line coach, and, uh, and, and Doug Peterson um, and Press Taylor will have a game plan where you'll see chips. Um, don't be surprised if you see a couple double wing formations where the tight ends are chipping on the way out. Um, screen game will be big at those guys. So I think they'll have a good game plan to slow them down. I don't imagine they're going to say, hey, we're just going to line up and, and ask Juwan Taylor and Cam Robinson to block those guys all day one-on-one. Um, so, but that's a, it's, a, it's a great test. It's a great matchup. This is where, this is where as a player, if you're Cam and, and Juwan, like relish the opportunity. Because this is where you put your stake in the ground in this league. You go dominate and go play well against a Bosa or a Cleo Mack, those type of players. Then all of a sudden people turn on the tape and like, oh, these guys, these guys are good. Because, you know, you, people expect you to block the everyday NFL defensive end if you're a, a starting tackle, or especially if you want to be upper echelon. But when you get these big matchups against great players – it's a huge opportunity. Now, it can cause some anxiety during the week as you're watching tape. <laughs> you know, and the, it might you might lose some sleep. Trust me, I've been there. I've lost sleep. But when you get out on the field and you 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 put your hand in the ground and the, and the whistle blows, it's like okay, I got an opportunity to do something. Yeah, like there's a big difference between Quiddy Pay and Khalil Mack for for Jawan Taylor. I mean, he dominated Quiddy Pay. He just dominated him. And Quiddy yeah. Pay had a good game against the Texans. Right. He dominated him. So if you're Juwan Taylor, all right, this is your week to cash in, bud. If you go out west and dominate Khalil Mack and Bosa when he goes to that side, you are going to cash in. Well, and right now, Pete, I don't know how much you've watched of the Chargers. Bosa is primarily playing on, at left end and Mack yeah, at he, right end. And Mack's playing on the right end, which is – but they flip-flop sometimes. Yeah, they do so flip-flop. But, but I'm just saying prim- the, the pri- primarily their spots – are that and they will flip flop. So if you're if you're Juwan, you're going to see both, and if you're Cam, you're going to see both. Who would, I'm, I'm going to ask you as a if you're a left tackle mm. or a right tackle, but you're a left tackle, which one of those two would you rather block? Uh, for me, Khalil Mack. Why? Why? I just, I mean, he's a, he's a speed to power guy. Um, I don't think his speed would scare me, and so I think I could sit inside on him. And react. He's not. He's not a great hand use guy. Where Bosa is deceptive, and I think Bosa has a little bit more power than Mac. Mac has power, but Bosa is so good with his hands. His hands are amazing. He's really good at their hands. They're both great players. I mean, it's a. Let me tell you what. If I was getting ready and I was playing left tackle for this team and I was facing either of these guys, it'd be an extra film week. It would be extra sets. It'd be extra everything, and. My mind, it'd be one of those weeks my wife would not, she's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> because I wouldn't be talking. And I'd be short, and I'd be grumpy all week because I'm anxious inside and know what's ahead of me. I mean, that's he, the type of players they are. I mean, I, I have so much yeah. respect for both Mac and Bosa as pass rushers. Me too. But if I had to choose one, I'd probably pick Mac over. But that's no easy day at the park. And so both of them are great players. They're just different. And – Mac sets his stuff off with the speed, and then he has this great speed to power inside where he can lift you and pushes you back. He had two sacks against the, uh, against the Raiders doing that. 
it's a really effective move. It's a good move. I just think I would not fear his speed enough where I think I could sit down on that. But who knows? He could have <laughs> – he's good enough to beat anybody. Khalil okay, Mack is now, good it, enough to we, beat anybody way, in this it's league. It's a benchmark for the tackles. It's also a little bit of a proven benchmark for the two pass rushers on Jacksonville's team. Mm. If you want to aspire to be one of those tandems and duos that people talk about on a regular basis, you go out west and you dump Justin Herbert three or four times, two or three four times, then all of a sudden people start talking about you guys as a pairing as well, pass rushers. Well, and, I, and Pete, I know you feel the same way I do. Rashawn Slater is one of the best left was is one of the better left tackles in all of football. He's not your traditional left tackle. He's about six four. He does not have long arms. Um, he is, but he is he has such great balance, and he's so good in space, and he has the ability to sit on you. And his patience is remarkable, and his sets are textbook. So he's he ta- he plays great angles, and I think if you want to beat Rashawn Slater, you have to have an inside move. You have to threaten him on the inside to get him thinking and afraid that you can take him inside. Because I, I, you're not going to run over him. He is too low to the ground. He has too good of a center of a base. And he's athletic enough where you're not going to speed him. And so you better have a th- you better threaten him inside, just watching him, um, to get him off his spot. So that would be Allen most of the time over him. Uh, last right? week, yeah, it's interesting. Week one. Uh, yeah. Tra- Trayvon Walker played right in most of the time. Right. Allen played left. This week it was uh, uh, flip flop. Flipped them. Yeah. So if it's Allen on Slater, Walker has to beat the right tackle consistently. He has to win that. You know, the one thing with Walker, I still think he hasn't figured out is how strong he is. Is I'm just waiting for him still just to say I'm coming downhill, and I'm going to run you over. Like I'm just like I'm not even trying to do anything else. I'm going to inflict pain on you as the left tackle and make you afraid of my power. And he, because he's so powerful and he's so long and strong, I just haven't seen him just unleash it. It almost like, and he's playing well. I'm not, I mean, not being critical, but like I thought he could have taken Braden Smith and just picked him up and deposited him. But I never saw him just. Pete, you, you watched it. I mean, I never yeah, saw matches come. I know exactly what you said. Just, just go right through them once in a while, and then when you go through them once in a while, then you can start going around. Well, because them. they start leaning. Like, right. you just go right down the inside armpit of that tackle. And he had a couple rushes that weren't bad. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not saying he did anything wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying that like I like he's so strong, and he's right. so powerful, and I just don't know if he like. Like sometimes, like, do you understand what you could do with that body God has given you? By the way, uh, Aiden Hutchinson had three sacks on Sunday. Three. I saw one, I saw two of them. One was a great. One was an effort sack. One, one was, was effort. A, the other one, one he beat was him. a stunt on yeah. the inside. And, then and one the other one was kind of he beat the guy. Yeah. And, and yeah, he's a good player. He's going to be a good player. They're both going to be really good players. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think Hutchinson may end up being the better pass rusher. I whereas, actually. Yeah, I think Trayvon Walker will overall be the better player, more disruptive player just because of his physical characteristics. Right now, I think Aiden Hutchinson's a more refined pass rusher. Um, But that's something you can learn. I mean, Trayvon Walker, remember, he did not play outside all the time in this, like, come after the quarterback situation. No. At Georgia. Yeah, they moved him around. He's learning. Yep. 
Like, give him a year and an offseason to go, like, work with some pass rush specialists. Oh, my good. Oh, my goodness. I mean, because go to Von Miller, go to Von Miller's pass rush academy. Chuck Smith. Chuck Smith has one, too. Yeah. Chuck, too. They teach those guys. They've done great jobs. Arden Key was one of Chuck Smith's disciples, by the way. Chuck is a really good pass rusher uh, teacher. Very good. Like, really good good pass rush teacher. He and Josh Allen went to Robert Mathis in the offseason, I think. I believe I, so. I, Robert Mathis is a great player. I have no yeah. idea, but I, I, I've the only reason I bring up Chuck oh, it was I, a camper yeah. just then. And, and by the way, Chuck know. Smith has something to do with Von Miller's pass rush academy. They're all, yeah, they're I, mean, all I played against Chuck. Team. Chuck and I have yeah. played together against Jerry a couple times, and I follow him on Twitter, and I know Chuck. And so, like watching what he teaches guys, I'm like, it's pretty dang good. Hey, let's take a timeout. We'll come back and keep it real. We haven't done that yet tonight. I've been keeping it real not. the whole time. Making up stuff. So I've been faking it? Top five in the league. (laughs) We're on a roll tonight, I think. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Bystar Credit Union. Do good. Bank better. Keeping it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Coming up, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. No, we had to get that shut out. I think um, somebody that brought it to me, like, you know, 24-0, don't you start taking out the starters like, like my uncle or somebody asked me that. And I was like, not when you're trying to get a shutout. Like, you try, once you, you're that close to, to leaving zero on the board, you, you don't want to give that up. That's Andre Cisco, Jaguars safety, and welcome back. It's Jaguars happy hour on a victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Prisco and the always positive Tony Baselli. The glass is half full. Always, baby. Certainly on a day like today. Yeah. Would you like to share our conversation no, just I, a moment I, I, ago? I don't think that's ready for no? prime time yet. Okay, we'll save that one I was for going a couple through, weeks. I was, I was Does going, he have him in the Super Bowl? He was going through the schedule. I was going through the schedule. We had oh, a, my. <laughs> we were having a conversation. When does when do uh, when do Nance and Romo get assigned to the Jaguars game? Okay, if they win this week, then what's the schedule look like for the Well, then they go to Philly, and so that's a, a Fox game. Oh, no, Philly's a CBS, too. Sorry, I, make, I made a mistake. So that's a CBS game, so – no, it won't be that game. No. Then Houston, no. No. Indy, no. Giants is a Fox game, no. Denver's an ESPN plus game. I don't know who's going to be doing that game. Um, the Raiders, but if the Raiders pick it up and the Jags are, call it. No. Game. Keep no. going. That's week nine. Uh, week nine, so we'll be. And then week 10 is at KC. At KC, if they're there, you go. If they're if they're, if they're if five they're, and whatever, no, week ten is KC. If they're six and three, going into KC, Nance and Nance and Romo will be there. Yeah, they have, <laughs> we, have to, we have to get to six and three. I figured, what was the game? October 9th? Is that the Texans game? Yeah, Texans. I figured Nance and Roman want to be there for so you can wear your gold jacket into the booth again. Well, I'll, I'll be is wearing the gold jacket. <laughs> I'll be wearing the gold jacket that game. That is the ring game. It's that's the ring what game. I mean. That's what I mean. Is that the day you're getting your ring? Yeah, that's it. 
<laughs> what you you know what? Let's extend this thing out for another year. Why don't we? Why? Yeah, <laughs> why not? It's keep it going. It's the years <laughs> of Baselli, plural. <laughs> but I think we have to be six and three. <laughs> going into Kansas City. Do you do you hear? Okay, give me the six wins. <laughs> oh, I can give you. Okay, Houston. Okay, we'll give you that one. Indy. At Indy. Yeah. Okay, we'll give you that one All just right, for the sake of the. We're up to Maybe three. We're up to three. Giants at home. Yeah, he's four. A four. Denver is not very good, and we play. Where's we that game at? London. We own London. Five. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. And then Good luck. and then I got to find one more out of the Raiders, Philly, and the Chargers. Well, since you're locking this week, there's a sixth. No, I'm not locking this week. We'll win okay, one. so Raiders, we'll right? Be, we'll be six and three. Nance, Romo, get ready. We're coming to KC at six and three, baby. I like that. Best case scenario is five and four, the way I see it. Best case scenario. It's time now for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. We're going to keep it real about the corrections from week one to week two. 13 penalties week one for 90 yards. Yesterday, three penalties. How much does Doug Peterson's tone... Uh, leadership have to do with those corrections. Well, I mean, you gotta give, you're going to kill the coach when they get too many penalties, so you have to give them credit when they fix it. And I think the big thing was the pre-snap penalties. Zero pre-snap penalties. And that's the mental stuff. You know, you're going to get holding penalties. And you're, I mean, those things happen. You're going to get illegal, you know, contact down the field. I mean, th- I mean, that's part of the penalties. And one of the penalties I thought was junk, the one on Christian Kirk, it was offsetting uh, the uh, unsportsmanlike when he got his head ripped off and his helmet went flying. He got up and flexed and gave gave the defender a few choice words. I didn't think that should have been penalized. Um, I actually liked it. Um, so yeah, I think. But I'll give. I want to give. What stands out more to me than anything about the leadership and the tone and the culture that Doug's creating and is starting to set is how his the whole team responded after a tough loss on the road. And I think it's even going to speak even louder this week because I think they're going to go out and give a great effort. I'm not saying they're going to win. I think you're going to see a great effort in a, like a really good NFL football game at SoFi with two teams that are going to battle, and I think it comes down to the fourth quarter of whoever can make a play. I would agree with you on that one. I think they'll hang around in that game. Uh, they had 13 penalties last week, cut it down to three. If the other genius was still here, it would have been 13 up to 26. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what a real coach does. He fixes that kind of stuff. He, he, and Tony's right about the whole demeanor. But, Tony, now comes the other challenge. You rallied and came back after a loss. Now how do you handle a win? Well, I, I like I loved I loved his comments after the game. He 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 addressed it in his comments right after the game. He's like, "Hey, listen, the message is now is like, yeah, you won one, but that doesn't change how we work, how we practice. Every rep counts. I mean, I think the message this, in the team meeting this morning was great. Congratulations. I hope you enjoyed it. It doesn't matter anymore. Just like we put the last week's game behind us, the, the Washington game, and moved on to this one. We're doing the same thing." And I expect the same work ethic. I expect, 
expect the same attention to detail. And every coach does it differently. I mean, Tom, when I played, he was always harder on you when you won half the time. Just grind the hell out of you and make sure you didn't get comfortable. Now, Doug has a completely different demeanor and style, but he sends the message very clearly. And I thought what he said after the game to the media is probably a pretty similar message he's sharing with his team. There you have it. I want to give, uh, by the way, we haven't given Mike Caldwell enough credit for his plan the other day. I thought his plan was outstanding. Uh, in you know, which way, uh, Pete? Just aggress- the aggressiveness of it, the the way they, they looped and they brought guys up to the line of scrimmage and showed blitz and backed out and then blitzed and brought different guys. I, I thought the creativity was there. And, and again, the Colts had no answer for it. They had no idea where they were coming from, who was looping, who was stunned, who was twisting. They, they couldn't handle it. And I think his plan was darn good. Uh, didn't you like the play where they brought Lloyd up on the right side and rushed yeah. him as a rusher and brought guys on the interior? I mean, then you mentioned it. They brought Jenkins a couple times on his blitzes. He, he was just he, creative. He's given offensive coordinators a lot to prepare for. Yeah. And I thought just as equally as uh, impressive was week one after the first two drives to go down, they're down 14. They made adjustments and they got, got guys playing. Now they didn't get the big stop when they had to at the end of the game. Um, but I thought his plan and, and what they did week one, and you see it building on week two, I've been impressed with the whole – the coaching staff – I mean, coaching matters in the NFL more than any other professional sport. It just matters. Why? Um, because it's the ultimate team game. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the game with the most strategy because every play stops and you start a new play. It's not free-flowing. Um the design of how you design schemes, it's, you know, other professional sports are like checkers and the NFL is like chess because you have to, like, you watch Doug, go watch Doug Peterson game plan and how he breaks down a defense and a secondary and what they're doing up front and with Phil Rauscher in the run game and no differently than than Mike Caldwell of understanding what the strengths and the weaknesses and how you are going to create a pressure package to, um, exploit weaknesses and where the matchups are. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's, it is. I agree with you. It's a, it's a, and here's all you need to know about it. You can get 18 guys and actually go play baseball, pick up baseball game. And it isn't much different than a real baseball game, right? You can get 10 basketball players and it might not look the same, but it's the same game. You pick and roll. You, you know, you set a screen down low, you come off the screen you can't get 22 guys and go play football like that. You just can't. It's not the same. Yeah, but for part of the, the problem is no one different. wants to play offensive line. I mean, right. I mean, the strategy is different, <laughs> and, and strategy is so is so much – I mean, the detail, plus it's a week-to-week thing. The other games you play – baseball you play every day. Um, you know, the other ones you play every other day or whatever. So it's just so different. I'm with you, Tony. It's a t- That's why coaches really matter in the NFL – as Jacksonville found out last year. That was Keeping It Real, <laughs> presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Pete Prisco knows the uh, instructions on that segment. That's for sure. Uh, we'll come back in a moment. Fanatics fan questions. Plenty of those. The cat signal went out earlier today on Twitter. And we've got plenty of responses. And then we'll go around the league a little bit later. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli, Pete Frisco. The day after a Jaguars win over the Indianapolis Colts, the Jags are down one and one. First place in the AFC South. Fifth place in the AFC, according to Tony. Well, actually, officially and third place. In the six AFC. and three headed to Kansas City in week 10, according to Tony, also. <laughs> I, like I didn't it. say that. I said if they're six and three, they're going to get Nancy. Nah, you kind of said there's going to be. You, you pretty much guaranteed there's going to be at least five on that five victories. I did on not that guarantee list. anything. I just said. I was saying you asked how could they get there, and I said this is the path. I mean, you really, I mean, I could get JP. A, I could get us. It sound like he gave it. He gave him six wins. It sounds like he's hedging what he said I earlier. Get, I could get him to eight, eight and one, if you want. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which is, they're gonna win the next. They're gonna win rip off seven in a row. Are they? If you want me to get get you us there, know. I can. You get hot. Would they be the number one team in the league heading to Kansas City if they ripped off seven in a row? No. Nah. Uh, they'd be right there. I mean, I think Buffalo and Kansas City both are gonna be tough, tough outs every week. What if they won eight in a row? Woo! Then, yeah. the, then the place would be rocking. <laughs> God, Unbelievable! You get so one win, he gets so ahead of himself. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of that, uh, this time for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans are gearing up and saving big at Fanatics.com. Shop today and rep your Jags gear on game day and every day. Fanatics.com officially licensed everything. Uh, we put out the cat signal on Twitter earlier today. Thank you for the retweet, Tony. Every week. Very nice of you. Um, here's what, the best that we came up with today. At UCF underscore Jaguar, should I be worried about winning the number one seed given that history shows it can sometimes be a disadvantage to take a week <laughs> off to start the playoffs? <laughs> I don't think there's any I don't think there's any risk of that. That's Do you oddly. have any of your kids? Are any of your kids going to UCF? By the way, no, none of that them. That sounds like a Baselli. No, no kids at UCF. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I don't think we're gonna be the one, number no, one seed. Pete. No. <laughs> I think you need not worry. You need not worry about that. You yeah. you should be more concerned about getting the number one seed in the con, in the division. When the division, I, like I, I don't. I mean, right now the division goes through Jacksonville. <laughs> I mean, think about this. Well, like Tennessee the, somehow won tonight. They'd be tied for the division. Yeah, well, if the Colts have five of their first seven in the division, if they keep losing games, they're out of it early. It goes through Jacksonville right now. I like that. Well, Tennessee's well, you not winning. Think that the, Colts, the Colts will be 0-2-1 after this week. Right. Now, remember, the Jaguars haven't won in Tennessee in like nine years or something. That's changing this year. Eight years or something. I'm going to lock that right now. Okay, what what date is that game? <laughs> He's ridiculous. He's on a you just lost winning at Tennessee since they okay, but you won't lock a West Coast. What's their record on the West Coast? It's uh, it's so bad, it is uh, so bad. We go to Tennessee on December 11th. Mark that down as a lock. December 11th is a, is a lock. Uh. The uh, as of October of last year, the Jags are three and thirteen playing in the Pacific Time Zone. Ugh. Ugh. I think they're going to be four and thirteen. How many times did Baselli play in the Pacific Time Zone? I know you when you were you played the Raiders there when the toilets broke. We we beat the Raiders. We lost to the Raiders. We lost to the Seahawks. Remember when I played? There was only uh, two teams in the Pacific Time Zone. 
Right. There was no Chargers, no Raiders. Remember the Jags went uh, just a, a well, few years Well, I guess Arizona uh, was out there, but we did, we played Arizona yeah. here. I mean, they went out to Oakland last game at the Coliseum, knocked off the Raiders. Remember that a few I years mean, ago? We're on, we're on a roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Certainly. All right, let's move along. More questions. <laughs> uh, at Bortles Nation, is it unrealistic to think the Jaguars' defense could be a top-10 defense? The D-line looks so strong. I think you heard it here uh, in the preseason. I, I, I thought this team had the chance to be top-10 defense, and Pete laughed at me and made fun of me. And we went through. I remember it. We went through, and I think we have – do we have a wager on this, Pete? Because we went through the, the top-10 defenses from last year, and you asked who they were going to be better than. I do think they have a chance to be a top-10 defense. I think Pete left us. I think we've lost Pete. Um, yeah, if they play like that, like they did yesterday, they'll be uh, right there. They'll I, be higher than that. I mean, I think so. I mean, they're they played. I mean, they're gonna get six takeaways. They had nine all last year. Let's see where they're ranked right now. Um, they're they're pretty high right now. In fact, well, they should uh, be. let's move along at Carnival Thomas, and uh, actually we'll get to that one uh, coming up when we get Pete back. Let's go to question four at Cam the Man underscore twenty seven. The O-line looked improved this week against the Colts, giving up no sacks and only two quarterback hits. How do you all think the line will hold up against the Chargers' D? Will Trevor be running for his life all day like in Washington? I think we discussed a little of this earlier, but this does uh, – you got to, you know, buckle up against uh, this defensive line for the Chargers. No, I mean, it's, it, this is a good group. We talked about, you know, how, how effective they are rushing the passer – with Mac and Bosa. And so that alone makes it a challenge. And they're good against they they improved against the run because of the two big guys they added uh on defense. They have a really good uh safety, maybe one of the best safeties in football in Derwin James. Um they're a talented group. Yeah, but when the Washington the pressure came from the inside. That's the difference. Yes. This one this one the tackles need to buckle up because the inside isn't they aren't great rushing the passer from the inside so this is all about handling those guys on the outside our next question question three is from at carnival thomas pete when is the last time you were out of the park wrong about a player or team well i can throw out a laundry list of them if you want i i thought christian ponder was going to be good (laughs) okay all right that worked out um out of the park raw that was a terrible one uh let's see oh christian hackenberg i thought he would be good penn state guy right yeah yeah um i mean, I, I mean i've missed i missed terrible. i'll take when i miss i can i can admit when i miss i'm like certain people yeah you go back on twitter and say yeah i missed this guy you know i missed i mean yeah. I'll, I'll admit when i was wrong there's 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 gonna be many more times where i'm wrong but like i tell the guys when i'm wrong it won't cost me my job. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, our next question, at Duval underscore Gator. Uh, at Frisco CBS is the lock king, although I know he's not locking this week. Sunshine Pumper, at Tony Baselli might. Hashtag Pete for GM. Hashtag Victory Monday. I love this guy. This guy's great. Well, is, there's no there's question, no question. There why anywhere. do we play that this is a fan question not fan statements that don't make sense like pete being the gm you don't like being called well, sunshine bumper sunshine bumper is fantastic come on <laughs> oh 
it's I mean it's hilarious. <laughs> right now, the Jaguars are the number eight defense in the NFL. Yeah, top ten. Top ten. So I mean, you got a shutout. You should be in the top ten after two weeks. Better be. All right, our last question tonight is from at Norris Kent sixteen. Could this defense be better? this year than the one we saw in 2017 if not why well that team in 2017 was a turnover machine and rushed the passer like crazy men um who had the sacks that year was it Calais, yannick and uh, yannick uh dante fowler fowler was on the team they don't have an inside rusher like Calais on this team no that's that's close. the difference. Yeah, and they have Malik but, Jackson but, too. And, Malik and, Jackson interior and Marcel Darius. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. But they weren't as yeah. And who uh, were the and the corners were um were who the corners weren't were great Jaylen, on that. Or Jalen AJ Bouye. Yeah. Boye, whatever his name <laughs> is. Yeah. Who had um, a good year that year? Well, I'll say this, and I think they ended up number two in the league in yeah. yards given up and yeah. points and everything else. I don't think this group will be top two. I, I do think it's a top ten defense. Now you'll be if they go out and shut down Justin Herbert next week, you'll be singing a different tune on that one. Well, I think top ten's pretty good, Pete. I mean, I said, but, uh, it, but I'm saying if they go out and sh- lim- let's say they limit Herbert to 230 yards passing, and they score 17 points, you'll be talking differently about them. Well, I'm I'm pretty high on them now. Unlike you, I said before the season they were top ten. You said no chance. No, no I way. said they were going to be really good on defense. I didn't say. I had nothing. There you was are, not one word yes, out of my we, mouth. I can pull the tape up where you said I was wrong about it being top 10 defense. No. And they're eighth right now after a shutout. So they're borderline top 10. No, they're eighth. <laughs> they're eighth in yards. They're number, I think, five in points. And that's with two teams ahead of them who haven't played a game this week. So they very well could be top three, top four in points given up. It's a good defense. I'm not saying it's not a good defense. I think you're. I think you're downplaying them personally. No, I'm not. Yeah, you might be. Uh, there you have it. <laughs> I just said they're a good defense. What are you guys saying? They're a great defense. I'm going to tell Caldwell. You you don't think he's very yeah, good? Yeah. I think he's outstanding. Thanks for the questions tonight. The fanatics fan questions went over really well. Um, we're well, back in a moment. Fan questions in one statement that was not should not have been included. Five questions, one statement. Now we'll go around the NFL, and we'll preview the second you got Monday, one more night, Monday night. You got one more Monday night on this. Oh year. yes, we do. I hope I hope the uh, sound guy running the sound booth is on time this, with the uh, background music. I just stay in my lane and and do my part. Uh, we're back in a moment <laughs> around the NFL when we come back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars <laughs> Digital Network. Welcome back. It is Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Victory Monday. I'm J.P. Shadrick with Tony Vaselli and Pete Prisco. Is that a yawn? Maybe. I hear you, man. It's, I, put a lot, I put a lot of effort in this show. It can be, <laughs> it can be tough the day after a win. You know? A little celebration last night. <laughs> I like that. Pete, did you celebrate yeah, I, last night? No, I worked. Um. Vassell, you called me yesterday, or did you butt dial me? No, I called you. Oh, because I was on the I was on the air. I go, I forgot to call you back. I was on the air. I go, I can't take that. 
Hey, uh, let's go around the National Football League, shall we? Let's do it. And get to some games yesterday and start off with the Dolphins and the Ravens. Six touchdown passes from Tua Tungavailoa, including the game winner late in the fourth quarter, Jimmy Cephalo with a call on the WQAM Dolphins radio network. Tua shotgun, back to throw, looking, 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 steps up, fires, touchdown! Okay. It's Waddle! Touchdown! Oh, my gosh, Tua looked around and came back to Waddle. What a throw and catch. With 14 seconds left. He threw it all over the yard yesterday in rally, Pete. Yeah, and again, I said it earlier, give Tua credit. He played well. He really did. Um, he didn't play well early, but he played well late. The Ravens were so bad. I, I, if you watch that tape, Tony, you will see guys running wide open. And they're down guys in the secondary, but – and I know Hill and Waddle can run, but you, I've never seen a game where I've seen that many guys that wide open. Terrible. What a comeback, though. Where they scored 28 in the fourth quarter? Yeah. And then, 28 to 3, they outscored yeah. them. That's unreal. They had just given up the field goal to lose the lead, right? And yeah. Lamar Jackson had a great game, and he was the second best quarterback in the game. He threw <laughs> for 300 yards and three touchdowns and ran like for 100 and run, ran in for one. Yeah, he ran for 119. Speaking of comebacks, the Browns led 30-17 over the Jets with 155 left but missed an extra point. The Jets scored two touchdowns in the final minute 22, including this game winner to Garrett Wilson. Bob Wishusen on the 98.7 ESPN Jets radio network. Flacco takes the shotgun snap and drops. Looks up the seam, fires, caught! Touchdown! Garrett Wilson scores! The Jets are a point after away from taking the lead with 22 seconds to go. A miracle here in Cleveland. I can't believe it. Yeah, they rally. They win. They got the extra point. 31-30 Jets. That game should be a lesson to everybody in situational football. Because the Browns had the ball and the Jets had no timeouts. And Kareem Hunt went out of bounds with 2-0-4, I think, left in the game. The next play, Nick Chubb went around left end and scored a touchdown rather than getting the first down and sliding down, and the game's over. You don't score the touchdown. The only chance the Jets had was if he scored the touchdown. You you slide down, game over. Three knees. And everybody goes, oh, 14-point lead in the final minute and a half? I don't care. They showed that you can lose that 14-point lead. Yeah, getting the onside. I mean, Pete's right. One, don't ever run out of bounds if you don't have to when you're trying to kill clock. Yeah. And two, don't score if you don't have to if you can yeah. end the game, which they could have. Those are two things that, you know, smart football players, smart, smart football teams understand going into that situation. Lions over the Commanders, 36-27. The Buccaneers and Saints got into a scrap in the middle of the game. Mike Evans will be suspended a game now. The Bucs won the game 20-10. Giants over the Panthers. The Patriots beat the Steelers 17-14. The Rams and the Falcons actually rallied in this game against the L.A. Down 31-10. Got it back within 31-25. Had a chance at the fringe of the red zone late. Jalen Ramsey made a play. J.B. Long had the call on 7-10 ESPN Los Angeles. Mariota has a knee-high snap. Rams send five. They hit Mariota. Throw goes up. It is intercepted at the goal line. Jalen Ramsey out to the 20 and out of bounds to the Rams bench. Jalen calls game in week two for the Rams. Rams win again.
And Jalen Ramsey had the pick. Pete? Yeah, they made it interesting, though. They had a punt blocked um, that was returned for a touchdown. That, that's how the Falcons got back in it. But, I mean, they were in danger of losing the game. The Rams aren't that good right now. There's something off there. You know, we win the Super Bowl. You got to kind of get refocused again. By the way, one quick thing on the Bucks game. Why is Bruce Arians on their sideline? I, I mean, I love Bruce, but he should not be on the sideline during games. And there's some theory that he kind of got goaded Mike Evans into doing what he did because he started it a little bit with, with Marshawn Latimer. You could see that Bruce Arians was yelling at him at one point. Yeah, my guess is he probably won't be on the sideline any longer. If that's no, the case. he shouldn't be. <laughs> Respect Todd Bowles, right? Let Todd Bowles coach. You're not the coach anymore. Let's move to the 49ers. Seahawks, Trey Lance injured. In comes Jimmy Garoppolo. He throws a touchdown pass. Greg Papa with a call on the 49ers radio flagship KGO 810 in San Francisco. Here's a play action by Garoppolo. Looks left and a throw wide open. Ross Dwelly. He'll take it five. Ross Dwelly will dive for the end zone. Touchdown. San Francisco. Welcome back, Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, they've lost Lance, Pete. That was a nasty one. Garoppolo comes in and they uh, get in the end zone. 27-7. Did you see his teammates after the game with Garoppolo? I'm telling you, that that was going to be a problem at some point during the season. They they liked Jimmy. Jimmy, he took him to the Super Bowl, should have won that game or could have won that game, and then they should have went to the Super Bowl last year if Tart holds on to the ball. And, and so I think that would have been a problem as it is. They're a better team right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. It hurts that Lance isn't playing because you used the pick to get him, but they're a better team with Garoppolo. One thing, Tony, that's so different, I just saw on Twitter – Trey Lance tweets out his picture from the hospital bed after his surgery. <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. <laughs> it's, I mean, your season's over. I'm that, doing great. I'll be back. That's the social media world we yeah, live in, Pete. That's a, that's a the... younger generation. That's what they do. That's how they communicate. Don't try to understand it. Just embrace it. Kids these days, <laughs> Pete. I think if that happened, if that was me, I might be in a shell for a week, curl in the dark room. <laughs> I mean, my season's over. Cowboys beat the Bengals 20-17. The Broncos over the Texans 16-9. We mentioned that game. Cardinals over the Raiders 29-23. And then last night, the Packers and the Bears. Aaron Jones had 132 on the ground and a touchdown on the ground also. Aaron Rodgers just before halftime finds Alan Lazard for another score. Ryan Ratke on Westwood 1. Rodgers in the shotgun with Jones to his right. Rodgers bends to the waist, takes the snap, fakes to Jones, looks, throws left side, caught, touchdown Packers. Alan Lazard tumbling down in the end zone, hauls it in. A five-yard touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers, and the Packers lead 23-7. They got the extra point and another field goal later, 27-10, the final. The Packers with a win. Former Jaguar Alan Lazard. Yes, in the offseason. Correct. Yeah, he was yeah. around for a little bit. I want to go back to the Arizona game, though, Pete. What happened at the end? That did, I saw the video. Did he get slapped, or was a guy just trying to grab him? Which one? Arizona. Well, Arizona. Kyler Murray got Kyler slapped Murray. by a fan. Oh, Kyler Murray? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I couldn't tell. It looked like big, he got I mean, slapped. he's saying he got slapped, and there's a police investigation, and uh, Cliff uh, Kingsbury came out today did saying, see, I hope the guy the gets arrested and everything else. Did you see the play, The play, some of those, did you see the two-point conversion Kyler Murray had? He ran around for about, they they get, he said he ran 80 yards on the play, <laughs> and then he ran in. 
It was amazing. And then the, and the Raiders fumble in overtime, and it gets picked up and scored. That, that's a terrible loss for, for the Raiders. Uh, and, you know, this is Josh McDaniel's second stint, not the way to start the season. And this is a, play, a team that went to the playoffs and rallied right. under Rich Passaccia. Yep. Monday Night Football, Part 2. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and the explosive Minnesota Vikings head to Joe Fortunato's hometown, South Philadelphia. They'll face dual-threat quarterback Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Who you got? Two for the price of one tonight. I like the Vikings. I like the, I like what they're doing, and uh, I look forward to watching Justin Jefferson. He's a heck of a player. He really is, but I'm on the other side. I think Philly, with that, it's hard to get ready for that offense. Uh, and I think that the Eagles will score a lot of points, and I think Hurts will run wild tonight. There you have it. The picks are in. Hey, Pete, there's a, a coaching opening at Arizona State. I know somebody who might be available. No, he's going to Nebraska. Get him in Nebraska, please. Pete, if you want, if you want your, uh, if you want your uh, program fixed, I'm throwing my hat in the ring. If you want to call the. Uh, University. By the way, Urban would fix the program because he'd cheat his way into fixing that thing. So I'm okay if he gets the job there. Because you don't have to coach. You just cheat your way to titles. You know all about that, JP. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Can you believe they lost at home to Eastern Michigan? Eastern Michigan, they were 25-point favorites. They lost at home. I can believe that. It's a disgrace. That. I can believe The program that. is a disgrace. You guys are done. It's over. It's over. Not the Trojans, though, Pete. 3-0. and We're back. Yeah, your quarterback's back, that's for sure. Back. Yeah, you got everybody. You got every kid. You paid every kid in the world to go to the transfer portal. Well, who cares? Good night, Pete. Do what it takes. Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli, David Cho, Brent Reber, Joe Fortunato. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. See you next time.